Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 96, episode 2 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness and say, officially, off the top, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox News. Fuck them. It's Tuesday, August 20th, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Gotta Jack Magic Woe Brian. Uh, that is courtesy of Hannah Soltis, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. What a miles, what a miles, what a miles, what a mighty good miles. What a miles, what a miles, what a miles, what a mighty good miles. Gotta say it again now. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Look, I asked for Envogue AKAs, and that's what I received. And Envogue AKAs. Brought. Um, and I see a lot of them in the pile, and I have to... Woo, Sometimes you got to choose your children uh, and kill the others, but sometimes uh, this one was a good one. So thank you to Aunt Triffy, Nicole P, at Aunt Triffy. That's such that a one. dark saying for sometimes about your writing. Yeah. Yeah. You sometimes you kids. need to kill your children. It's yeah. like, whoa. It I mean, is. I think why do you even have experience? Why is that even a touch point for yeah. you writers? <laughs> right. Oh, you never uh, had to kill your babies? sometimes just killing your own children. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, I was basically in the infanticide business. Right. And then I got into a comedy writer's room. I got into room. writing. <laughs> uh, anyways, Miles, we yep. are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious actor, director, and improviser you know from wine country, community, and drunk history. He is Mr. Craig Kakowski. Hey, hey what man. an honor. What Welcome. a delight to be here. Yeah, it's nice, nice to have, have you. you. I mean, we I guess one of those other uh, Invoke songs is Free Your Miles. Yeah. Yeah. We did, uh, yeah, we had a different one. <laughs> you did one. that already? <laughs> well. Well, no one actually did free your miles, but you know it's very malleable. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. How did they not do? What What was free your mind? What was the? Um, I think I did like the first uh, verse, like the first first bar of the oh, first yeah, verse. Yeah. 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 It was more involved. That would be the easy way to go. Sure. He he, Miles likes a challenge when it comes to uh, approximating early '90s R&B vocals. I just saw a couple of letters lining up, and I'm like, Miles, mind that's yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's brilliant. (laughs) I'm gonna have to holler at you for some AKAs. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of basic that way. Yeah, that's perfect. That's they're not. That's not basic. You know what I mean? (laughs) I call it art. All right, to honor my name. Craig, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, We're going to look forward to our waterless future uh, and what coffee, how we will make coffee uh, in those end times. We're going to talk about how the White House is responding to the idea of a potentially looming recession. Uh, We're going to talk about how this whole Biden uh, thing is going behind the scenes as regards his relationship to his best pal, uh, one Barry mm-hmm. Obama. Uh, we're going to talk about Weight Watchers. We're going to talk about uh, just all sorts of things today. Mazel Day, uh, what Amazon is doing uh, just in general. But first, Craig, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, just this morning I searched, why do ants bite? Yeah. yeah. Why what do ants bite? Ants? What's their problem? We have kind of an ant infestation at my house. Yeah. Like, if you leave out a scrap of food, like, it's for over. 10 minutes, it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And There's po- just a stream. Now. Just yeah. a dark line. That's Yes. Yeah. And then frequently throughout the day, like, I'll feel, like, a little nip on, uh-huh. my, uh, on my hand or my wrist. Or sometimes in my car. Meaning, like, I've tracked the ants in with me. Wow. They're following me around. And, uh, you know, it's like a brief, painful bite. Yeah. Uh, now, this is on Cura. So this is crowdsourced, so this is not probably 
a legitimate answer, but ants do not bite humans so as to attack them. Ants bite humans only for their defense. And then in all caps, ants feel threatened very quickly. Uh, of course. How dare you drive to work with an ant upon your wrist? Yeah. Wait, so little black ants bite? Yeah. I didn't do. even know that. I was when you said that I was like, yeah, those damn fire ants. <laughs> no, I, I've had a ant bite. Yeah, I felt that. But really? they don't like leave a mark. Do no, they? Yeah, no, you just, just kind of like feel that they yeah. bit you a little bit. Yeah, it's huh. brief and then they immediately die. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Smack it and they're dead. Learn your lesson. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's an ant somewhere googling why do humans smash us to smithereens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or use like a, I remember back when we had him really bad at my house growing up, my parents always put like huge salt barriers like oh, across really? the doorways because it will dry out their like exoskeletons. I would assume your house was haunted if I walked in. And yeah. And just, just like saw these like line salt lines. Salt. I'm like, welcome, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> We've been expecting you. cannot pass. Yeah. Fending off demons. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? I'm going to say backing into a parking spot. Okay. Ooh, Unless yeah. you're a getaway driver for the, for the Barrow game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't right. need to back into a fucking oh, parking spot. Some people spot. love to do that they shit, They love to they? do it, and it's always the douchiest cars. Right. Or, right. or a gigantic pickup truck. Right. Yes. I guess, what what is it, just easier to get out? I don't know. I I mean, I, I see in certain, like in Japan, you typically have to back up back into every space no matter where you park it's really weird. really yeah i don't know like i'm sure there is some logic to it that i've just not actually discovered but right. i'm always like damn because i would always remember my uncle just finessing cars so easily <laughs> i'm like damn that's a flex well i think sometimes it's just a flex it's a way to like show off how good you are yeah at parking, right right without a especially without a backup camera right. because in the pre-backup camera days i yeah. thought that was like a god level way of entering a parking space right so i mean the thing that it does it makes it like easier to get out Right, and I guess it's probably safer to back into a parking spot than to back out because you know what's back there when you're backing into a spot. Uh, but the only times I've ever attempted is when I was like really feeling good about my ability to <laughs> drive a car backwards, uh, aka drunk. Uh, <laughs> I do not have a backup cam yet, so yeah, all, all my cars are pre twenty ten. Yeah, think, so yeah. yeah, they say, oh, you know what? It's it's just safer. To actually back into a space, I don't buy that. And you're using, <laughs> you're using, you're making use of the uh, the axle, like the pivot point of the car. Uh -huh. So it's easier to back in. And like, when if you're not backing out, you're not running into someone as you back out. You're not hitting another car as you back out. You're facing where you're going if you back into the space. Right, but, but there could be somebody who's just walked into that space or something. Like, yeah, look, I mean, man, uh, look, I'm still gonna go head in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you also can't get, you can't change. It's not that cool for the people who are behind you because it takes longer for you to get into your parking spot unless you're you're you're, you're equipped with the skills. Right, you? right. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's the main thing I think is douchey is the amount of time right. and space you take up in order to do right. it. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned that. I backed into a parking space yesterday for the first time at a grocery <laughs> store. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what it was. I think it was just one of those timing things where someone was passing me by and I didn't want to turn in to cut them off. So I kind right. of went past this spot and I was like, mm, you know what? Let's yeah. live a little. Yeah. <laughs> and how'd it feel? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I definitely, I, I came in a little crooked, had to come out straight and then ease it in for the full on, you know, right. docking position. Yeah. Um, but it was odd. It was very much, I can, like, I was like, this is the first time I've backed into this, into a parking space in years. 
All right, I'm going to change it to my underrated. No, <laughs> no, no. And I felt like these kids were like, look at this douchebag. And then I just left. I'm not surprised there's uh, scientific support for that move online. I feel like it's a thing that people on the internet would love to talk about. And it is. Yeah. No, yeah. You, like they all point to it's safer. Right, right. So the internet is not disappointing on this topic for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Oh, I'm sorry. Just one last thing. Triple A, the official word from Triple A is okay. that you, drivers should reverse into parking spaces whenever possible, oh. except where prohibited by law. Triple <laughs> hmm. so, A. All right, Triple I am a Triple A member, yeah. so I'm obligated. And right. shout out to and them for just being able to hook your friend up who doesn't have Triple A like, right. and be like, yeah, that's my car. And they're like, yeah, sure. Just <laughs> jump it. You get a, like, You're going to trust them? Yeah. Well, they no, I just, I like Triple A. You know, they, yeah. they, don't, they don't bust your balls. I know. But they get business when your car gets a little dinged up, right? So, I mean, who who knows where they're coming they from? They get a little cut. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, they get a okay. little piece of <laughs> the action. Big triple A, yeah. They I just see. like to feel wanted. <laughs> Big so. reverse parking. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure it's better. It's just not just how lazy. I do it. So what is something you think is underrated? I'm going to stay with cars. and I'm going to go with uh, automated car washes. Automated car washes. Holy are am- shit, Craig. Are amazing. I was just trying to also do that this weekend. Really? Yeah. We're on the same wavelength. Wait, so describe the automated kind of car wash you're talking about. Well, mine personally, in my neighborhood, it's like 13 bucks for a a super wax car wash, Mm -hmm. you know? Super wax. You put it in neutral, you line up to that thing. There's there's a little bit of theater and anticipation leading up to it. You know, you got to push in your mirrors, you know, lower your antenna, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you just get whacked by those Yeah. plastic things and there's bubbles it's like a sensory overload yeah and it takes me back to when i was a kid and going through car wash so it's one that you reason. get to sit inside the car yes. as opposed to have to leave the car exactly. that's like auto yeah, yeah. You're just like yeah yeah and then you're out well there's places in la where you have to wash your own car like what's what's the point right for yeah. like, like three bucks you get six minutes <laughs> right yeah the coin operated ones yeah like i understand like paying a guy to do it that's fine right you know i'm willing to do that but i love to sit in the car and watch the show. It Turn is a good experience. Up. What do yeah. you listen to? Uh, just uh, you know, psychedelic rock. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moody blues, or yeah. you know, get your sitar out and play along in the exactly. car. Right. That guy's yeah, a little, little Ravi yeah. Shankar. Yeah. Right, right. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. I was looking. My car was filthy. It still is filthy. <laughs> I just hosed it off instead of getting a car wash because I don't believe in car washes. Anyway, I was looking for one, and the few that I looked at the reviews, they scared me away because you're like. The buffing thing ripped off my windshield wipers and they acted like nothing happened or like, I don't know what happened to my door. And it, <laughs> I was like, wait, the door was missing? Somehow, no, well, like <laughs> something happened where like there was clearly scra- scrapes along the oh, thing where it, maybe the, the spinning scrubber thing may have damaged the, like the paint. But that's when also like I had to do that thing of like how much of this is an actual Yelp review right. and how much is this someone projecting their own anger onto the automated car wash. Right. Long story short. Their car was probably I so did. dirty they couldn't see the scratches before. Right, before. And, then and they're like, what they the cleaned hell? It. They were like, what'd you do to my car, man? <laughs> they're like, my car is white? Yeah. <laughs> Changed the whole paint of my car, man. Went from cream to white. <laughs> and I'm sure AAA says don't right. wash your car yeah, right. in an automated car Because you never wash. know. You can't trust it. Right. Ugh. But I like it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I only went, I remember as a kid, I very vivid memory of like begging to go through a drive through car wash. Did yeah. it maybe once. I hear it's safer to go through backwards, actually. <laughs> baller move. Uh, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? All right. I'm going to throw this out there. And, you know, I 
It, I will admit that it is slightly gross, but I don't think it's the worst thing, which is to find hair in your food mm. at a restaurant. You think it all it's depends not on the, person, the worst? It's not. It's it, it, you can't get sick from it. You know, of all th- we're mammals. You right. know, we're shedding hair all the time. It's true. As somebody who's waited tables, I know that usually when people find hair in their food, it's their own hair. You right. know, rather than something from the kitchen. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm not talking about like a you know. Six inch pube in your right, you right. Know, yeah. in your hash browns. I'm just talking about a little hair, but is, the, yeah. the way that people curliness is not good. Yeah, I curliness think, isn't you know? great. Oh, that's very anti curled hair. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's your straight hair privilege. Over yeah, here. and I most mean, pubes like, look like weird wire than straight up. Right, curly that's what I mean. It's not. I'm not talking about curly head hair. I'm oh, okay. talking I'm about like sure, thick, you know I mean? wiry, curly, <laughs> fucked up pubes. pubes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's that's a problem. But the idea that hair in your food is like cause for indignation right. and, you know, to get your entire uh, check cleared or, or whatever. You right. Know, like if you're really grossed out by it, the kitchen will make it again, you know, but you don't need yeah. to raise a stink about it or, or whatever. Usually I'll just take the hair off and keep eating. I always just keep it moving when I find hair. And people are like, oh, my God, are you serious? There's right. hair? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm high and I need to eat right now. So like, <laughs> I'm not about to wait another 15 minutes for this uh, chicken pot pie to get redone. Miles hasn't eaten not high in uh, <laughs> 40, a decade. 14 yeah. years. <laughs> uh, yeah, since 2005. I mean, the option is to like have people with uh, hair, nets? hair nets and like beard nets and all that sure. shit. Which just like puts the idea of there being hair in your food in your head How anyway. About, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Something's going to get through that beard now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like make it quick, right? Like a quick process. Like, hey, if you find hair, it's 10% off or something. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And like then, a huge sign right when you yeah, walk in. But then everyone's just like, like scratching their scalp over <laughs> right. their food. And like, I don't know, man. A bunch of dandruff in here, too. Well, that's the thing. How do you, how can you be so certain that it's not your hair? Uh, see, that's where they need overhead table cameras right. to show every bite. And you will you can see, you can keep the customers honest if they're not putting their own hair on the food right. and are, in fact, finding it in the process of eating the meat. But, like, what are you, CSI? Like, you can tell the difference between, like, your hair and somebody else's hair? Well, actually, like... no, it would be very easy to solve DNA. Right. So <laughs> yeah, that's, why don't we just get to the, the future? We can right go there. straight to it. And that would be the next escalation for a server. They're already doing it with dog poop. Right. Might as well start doing it They're like, it well, with... it's actually your hair, sir. Right. Uh, how do you know? I'm going to DNA test it right. right now. And if it's true, you right. you actually have to pay 10% more Yeah. for the cost of the DNA test. And by the way, it's not dog poop left in people's food. It's dog poop that people find on their lawn is what's being DNA You know, actually, tested. the thing that is fucked up when you eat hair, <laughs> when you eat, you know, when you eat hair. <laughs> right. As it, one does. Yeah, as, you know, <laughs> when, when it's that third Thursday of the month, um, is when you discover it mid-bite and you're like, yeah, yeah. And yes. you do the mystery thing of like, how long is it? How long is and it? You, how long is it? It's still going. <laughs> and you're like, oh. You start pulling it at your lips and you feel something tickle in the back, back of your, your throat. throat. Yeah. You're like, oh, And no. they're like, it's wrapped around a bicuspid too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then you and your date can have a lady in the tram thing yeah with the hair the, the long <laughs> hair strand at the same yeah. time i will admit like it's not ideal no, it's not no. ideal i'm not saying put hair in my food i'm saying it's you can't get sick from it yeah. and it's not the worst thing right and right. I, i'm fully on board with that because i'm a hair eater yeah of all the things <laughs> that you can find for some yeah. reason eyelash doesn't seem as bad to me but eyelashes are gross like whoa when you think Uh-oh. well no because when you think about here. like the the eye crust is actually 
little like microscopic dreams creatures oh <laughs> <laughs> little microscopic dreams that your eyelashes yeah, have yeah uh, for a better life i'm just making this up but i feel like it's true no no there's like little kind of like insects but they're they're it's like microscopic organisms like, organisms that are like pooping stuff out that's what i that i go it's gets. not just tears no it's not tears are you fucking serious i'm pretty sure okay Basically, uh, gang, you know what to do. We're Come disgusting. Flood his mentions. Huh? Right. Humans are disgusting. Yeah. Every, every part of us is disgusting. Right. I mean, let's just. But if you want humans to, to serve your food, you have to be willing to put up with a little bit of. Uh... Yeah. Some hair. Also, come on, y'all. Like, you know everything that's happening to your food along the way to your table. Oh, my God. Or even on yeah, on yeah. its way to the kitchen or on its way to Earth. Right. <laughs> How far do we need to zoom out? Yeah. Because we can get really grossed out. Have you ever. Worked in the food industry and like seen something fucked up be done to. I food. the closest was when I was serving pizzas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, but never anything. I mean, shit. What'd you see being done to the pizza? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, nothing oh, untoward. Oh, oh, got it. It was a very simplified service thing, so it was never really gonna be like, oh shit, that's what <laughs> they do back there. <laughs> right. It's just like, here's a pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I saw servers spitting people's food. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Table pisses you off. Yeah. You know? Huh. This but, was in the 90s, though. I haven't waited tables in a long time. Well, yeah, I right. think, but now they've up We were all spitting <laughs> each other's food in the 90s, yeah. man. It was a crazy time. Grunge, stronger. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they just blow vape smoke into your food. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about our first story of the day. Coffee may be the new frontier in the fight against climate change. Yeah. It's, um, as the UN has pointed out, climate change, I guess, is real. So we may need to alter some past episodes when we were questioning that. <laughs> um, but it turns out it's very serious. But, you know, the biggest concern, too, is obviously the, the drains on land and water resources to grow things. And that a lot of this has created a lot of talk about coffee because apparently it takes some like over 30 gallons of water to grow and process the beans it takes for the one cup of coffee a consumer would drink. Wow. Um, and that's the same thing with like the cattle industry too. like livestock obviously takes a tremendous amount of water. And those are things that people are sort of aware of. And so this new report seems to indicate that maybe we're like moving towards a beanless coffee. So the same group, Horizon Ventures, who was an early investor in Impossible Foods who do like the impossible fake meat, right. put $2.6 million into this company called Atomo, which is a Seattle-based company that they make, quote unquote, molecular coffee. And in this one, it, this isn't sort of, it's different than like the animal uh, fake, like lab meat in that sense. What they're doing is that they will make a cup of coffee using just sort of all the chemical building blocks. So that's quinic acid, dimethyl disulfide, niacin, 2-ethylphenol, and a handful of other elements. I was in there. Yeah, yeah, they have to because that's what it gives you that, yeah. that sort of a bite to it. Um, but yeah, essentially just saying like, okay, we know it's in coffee let's just reverse engineer it so it's no longer being such a uh, water drain. They're not here to say like, this is the new coffee. It's I think just in the same way of like, is there another way to do this? Is there another way to arrive at this? This is less uh, resource intensive. Breaking things down to their component parts and reverse engineering never works, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, you know, it sounds like a good idea, but it's still so early and like there's really no good information on this company to suggest that like they've figured it out. It's just that they're in the process of figuring it out. Right. I feel like food is the one thing that we've seen, like, over-sciencing it up has not been beneficial up to this point. Like, the foods that are healthy are the ones that go way, way back. Like, people who 
are eating in a tradition that goes back like many years uh, are usually the healthier people, uh, like Mediterranean diets and, you know, some like Japanese diets. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, and the ones that are like kind of put together from component parts and, you know, in a lab somewhere by a corporation are generally the ones that right, but I are think, making the world fat. I don't think they're trying to be like, this is the answer to your obesity is this molecular coffee. Right. You know, but, it's just more like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but I think if you, you know, we eat impossible burgers. Right. And we thank the heavens that there's this actually very good meat substitute for a hamburger. So I feel like, I think it's when you get into like the blowing out the scale of like produce and like the size of vegetables that it right. gets odd. Speaking of blowing out, are they taking into account the number of flushes, the toilet flushes that it <laughs> takes to uh, deal with? Sorry. That it was, is a uh, diuretic. Jay Leno yeah. is writing for me now. <laughs> uh, you guys seen this? You guys seen this? You heard about this? I don't drink coffee, so I'm not part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. So great. <laughs> so... And I drink canned Kirkland Signature <laughs> cold brew. That can't be coffee. Right. So Barely coffee. I'm going to say that I'm also not part of the problem. I feel like the number of gallons of water that are being used on each, like 37 gallons of water to grow one coffee cup worth of beans or like... You know, I've, I feel like it's even more than that for a hamburger. Is like thirteen hundred gallons for a twelve ounce steak. Jesus, and I feel like that's the new statistic. Like the number of square miles of rainforests that are being lost every second. Like that, just it like blows my mind. It's like, well, that's so depressing that I don't know like what I can possibly do about that. Like that's just an insane amount of well, water. That's, yeah, that's why I think these are the sort of important things to factor in with like the UN saying like, you know, I think going to meatless diets will help because right. if you sort of bring that demand down for uh, traditional animal meat, right. that, that will help things. But there are also people on the other side too of being like, well, how can we raise livestock in a way that is also less of a drain versus like, fuck it, man, let's just blow this shit out like output wise. Right. And whatever the resource costs, whatever it is, but you know. I'm glad people are thinking about it. Yeah, and yeah. then I can, you know, I just want to keep drinking my canned Kirkland. <laughs> if I can do that, I'll Canned Kirkland water? Yeah, uh, canned oh, Kirkland Oh, canned Colbert. Kirkland yeah. Colbert, that's <laughs> right. Canned Kirkland water. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's the future of water. Um, yeah, I mean, there's all these things. There's They are developing a shower that requires no water that you just, like, get in there and it just fucking shakes you or something i don't what? know <laughs> that's that is so stupid that is how i pictured yeah. it in my mind get like, the oh, fuck off me bacteria <laughs> that's definitely not the it's case just compressed air can yeah you blow the stink off you yeah like clean you like your keyboard well there are those ones that like there was like the super fine misting shower heads that like hit you with like a very oh. small amount of water, but it was enough to like That's get your wash what it on. Is. Yeah, I like to shake the shit out of you in <laughs> waterless shower. The you fuck dirty motherfucker! <laughs> like twenty sick. seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're going into our waterless future with our eyes wide open, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, wait. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and we were talking about the difference between impossible and beyond burgers. Right? I'm, I'm team impossible. Yeah. I, I don't know the difference. I thought they were the same company until we had that conversation. Oh, uh, let's talk about uh, how the White House is reacting with some warning signs of a recession going off. You know, we, we've talked before about how 
this administration has been having a difficult time with the best economic like run in a long time yeah. in, in U.S. history going on. So like, how are they going to react if things start getting a little shaky? Uh, and we're starting to see a couple examples of that. Yeah. I mean, everyone has pointed to the yield curve inversion, um, which in then I'll, I'll post a link in the footnotes uh, to an excellent uh, article in the New York Times for once that was just sort of using it as <laughs> a, once. as a, like putting in the context of sports betting, like, you know, you could take a bet, like imagine these bonds, right. Is a bet on the economy, whether it's in the, the present or the future. Right. And so the outlook right now is somewhat okay for the economy, but down the road, a lot of the the knowledge around it is like, Ooh, I don't know about that. And they put it like betting on like, for example, the Cardinals. Right. Like right now, don't look good, but they've got a new quarterback and new coach and the Arizona Cardinals. That looks like the build that could have a little more confidence for right. people taking that bet because they're like, okay, it, right now might not be it, but down the road, I can see things improving. Or imagine like if you're betting on the Patriots in, in the wake of, Tom Brady and Belichick saying we're done after this season. Right. This season you'd be like, okay, that's good. Long term, not so much. And that's sort of what it is now with the U.S. economy. Like down the road, all everyone's starting to bet. Like, ooh, I don't know about the future. And again, doesn't mean that that's where it's headed, but it's been one of the more consistent indicators of you know a recession right. coming. But I mean, that's what Trump's been saying all along. He's the Bill Belichick of this shit. And <laughs> as soon as you get rid of him, you're fucked. You're done. Right? Yeah, he's like, you better give me your 401ks or they're gone. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you know, again, we have those sort of things happening. We and at the same time, Trump has also been you know parading around these fucking empty promises that got him into office like he was going to rework all these bunk trade deals with these companies and that's what's going to get the workers back on top because mm -hmm. we got to have America first and these these you know they're taking advantage of it it's, it's it's unbelievable and at the same time saying oh well let's cut taxes too and that'll make the middle class even more solid and maybe revive the middle class but now we're seeing all that is just bullshit because the tax cuts have only helped the wealthiest and the whole like trickle down thing is not happening like you know everyone said it would obviously because that happens every fucking trickle time. Trickle down has never worked. Yeah, right. trickle down economics is the same you know sentiment as pre cum doesn't cause pregnancies. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it with all the confidence you want, but my man, try it out. Yeah, you might not like. <laughs> and people have been saying it for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Similarly, um, and again with the trade wars, look at what's happening. We are all of these tariffs are being passed on to the consumer. So just ending up in like a lot of bad indicators of how the economy is doing. And that's led Trump to basically just saying like, I hate math. These are <laughs> he's basically saying like these are all conspiracies. He's he's ignoring all of the people who are advising him. Well, some people are agreeing with him, but trying to find a scapegoat because everything he's doing is actually having a negative or could potentially have a very negative impact on the economy long term. He hates to be confronted with facts. 100%. <laughs> I'm just reading uh, Fear again. Uh, not, I didn't read it the first time, but uh, we talked about it like a year ago. But that's the um, book from Woodward, Bob Woodward, about oh, yeah. the mm -hmm. first like year of the Trump presidency. And there's a scene in there where he's sitting down with his economic advisor. I think we talked about it at the time, but it bears repeating that he is he basically is like, well, why don't we just like print more money? Like right. we should just print more money. Um, that that right. way we'll be richer, yeah. and we'll 
Yeah, that so that's his understanding of how things work. When I was a kid and played Monopoly, I would Xerox the money I right. had, and I would come back with more, and they'd be like, "Where'd you get it? Yeah, I printed it. Why can't we do that?" Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, again, someone with no actual um, functional knowledge of economics, this is what you get. Right, and this is what's this is where you know we're getting into conspiracy town because this is what he's been saying behind the scenes. Trump, Mr. Trump has been ag- This is from the New York Times. Mr. Trump has been agitated in discussions of the economy and by the news media's reporting of warnings of a possible recession. He has said forces that do not want him to win have been overstating the damage his trade war has caused, according to people who have spoken with him. And several aides agree with him that the news media is overplaying the fears, um, adding that this is justifying his feelings. So when you look around, everyone is kind of parading around this same messaging like, no, no, everything's chill. It's actually a conspiracy against Trump because they don't want him reelected. First up is Fox News uh, really getting on there. It's all a conspiracy against Trump. Right. Well, I'm watching this and I'm like, it's so obvious what they're doing. They're, they're, they do not want him to win again. And they don't like that the economy is doing well, apparently. The CEO of Bank of America put it the best. Uh, Brian Moynihan said, the only, the only fear of recession we have is fear of recession. In other words, the only thing that can happen in this country right now that can derail this economic juggernaut is if everyone believes it's going to be derailed. And I, I hate to say it, but to a degree, the media almost did that in December. And I think some people do it deliberately. Listen. There's no economic data out there that suggests we're in a, on a cusp of a recession. Well, they <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that. Okay. Yeah, there very much so is. Um, Was he doing finger quotes on data? I, I don't, I don't right. you know. Yeah. I don't have the image. So. Like, so, you know, this is sort of the phase they're in. The idea that it's like the only thing that will derail the economy is the fear of a recession. The only, fear is, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Is recession a itself. Recession. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's amazing. What a, great, what a great line that guy came up with on his own. Yeah. Totally. You get on a bus and you're like, I think the driver's drunk. It's like, you're, you're a hater. <laughs> right. Get off. You're a hater and the you're only, just against him. Right. The only thing you have to fear about the driver being drunk is fear of the driver being, being drunk. drunk. And possibly driving the bus off a cliff. Right. And you're strapped the fuck in. Meanwhile... Um, uh, recession fear is highest in eight years, according to a Bank of America survey. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, who boy, Larry Kudlow, who is the one of the White House economic advisors, he... So there's already rumors. Well, pencil neck, if yeah. you ask me, right? There's already rumors that he might leave the White House, but this performance he gave on the Sunday shows, to me, is one of the greatest displays of calm and stoicism in the face of economic uncertainty. Um, I guess first up, he was asked about, uh, just by Chuck Todd, they're like, hey man, there's a lot of fear of a recession. Can I get an answer from you? The private sector seems to be concerned about, particularly the trade war with China, that that there are some rough waters ahead, maybe a recession, Mm -hmm. that those odds have risen. What do you see? Well, I'll tell you what, I sure don't see a recession. We had some blockbuster uh, retail sales consumer numbers uh, towards the back end of last week. Really blockbuster numbers. And in fact, um, despite a lot of worries with the volatile stock market, most economists on Wall Street. Okay, you can cut. Let's just help him out on that one. Did you say the Bonneville stock market? (laughs) The volatile stock market. The Bonneville stock market. Yo, he literally sounds like your impression of a drunk guy. Hey, I don't see a recession from here. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you Larry? It, Just but, get back in the car, yeah, sir. It got fucking worse. He went on Fox and then 
I look, if you are in any doubt of what his state is, just listen to this next clip and you tell me if this is somebody who's cool, calm and collected has nothing to worry about. Favorites. China. China is paying for these tariffs by a ratio of about four to one. Larry, and that's what we expected to happen. I've enjoyed having you. I have one last question. If you get asked to go do a site survey about purchasing Greenland, Drum can I go roll, with please. you? <laughs> well, maybe I'll run the central bank. Look, it's an interesting story. It's developing. We're looking at it. We don't know. Uh, years ago, Harry Truman wanted to buy Greenland. Denmark owns Greenland. Denmark is an ally. Greenland is a strategic place <laughs> up there, and uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals. I don't want to predict an outcome. I'm just saying the president, who knows a thing or two about buying real estate, wants to take a look. I, at and all I'm saying Greenland is that if you get purchase. asked, all I'm saying is that if you get asked to go and do a site survey, I'd love to accompany you on the trip and do an interview uh, out there. Larry Kudlow, you thank know, you for joining us. I Happy Sunday. I could make that happen. I could make that happen. <laughs> I just Greenland. want to kiss you. <laughs> I just want to kiss I don't care if they're, they don't care about the team struggling. I don't care about the economy struggling. I just want to kiss you. I mean, wow. Uh, I work on the show Drunk History, and every storyteller we've ever had has been more lucid <laughs> and articulate than that man. Yeah, it's very drunk history. I yes. mean, there's something that I don't know why that was so chilling to me, but it's just funny when the guy who is supposed to go out there and do all the lies has to be like, hey, it's Greenland. It's so strategic. She's a position, and Denmark, they're right. allies. We can get it later. I mean, Truman. <laughs> Truman Show. It's either like he got drunk just to get up the nerve right. to lie, right. or he feels like if he slurs every word, he won't really be caught in right. a lie. Right. It's like he worked for Rudy. Giuliani, right. So, yeah, I mean, but Rudy never sounded on a word to word basis drunk. He would. He, he in and out. seemed, yeah, he would go in and out, and just his overall message seemed like, oh, you're probably uh, fucked up. And also the fact that people would see him at bars in between Sunday show appearances right. getting drunk. Be like, aren't you uh, about to go on the air? <laughs> yeah. uh, you betcha. Uh, Greenland. That's true, though. I, Screenland. Craig, yeah. <laughs> Screenland. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, but we do have an expert on listening to people try to uh, keep their shit together while drunk. I, and you're saying, Craig, that this dude is not a... He's the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's Shia. like... Yeah, Derek Waters is like, I don't know about this one, dude. Right. I don't know if you can bear this one. Yeah, Derek would reject. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Trump... You know, saying real estate, we're gonna buy it, and we'll wait and see. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's either that or like he's about to leave, and he's like, I fucking can't stand this anymore. Like, I'm just gonna be the bad employee who's showing up drunk to practice. Practice if you're an employee, or drunk to right. work. Yeah. Uh, either way, it sounds like Larry's having a fine time, and I wonder if other people who he deals with, like in the world of economics, like, dude, you can't be fucking serious about this, man. Right. Like, you know, you can't be serious. I don't understand how tariffs work, but he definitely doesn't understand how tariffs work. <laughs> no, and I he mean, really should. Yeah, we tell you China, though. <laughs> they're, they're the ones paying for it. So. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, again, everything is very fine. It also sounded like he may have invested in Blockbuster stock. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just now realizing what happened. He's like, right. I didn't really check on that. Right. I put around three or $400,000 in it in 2001. <laughs> They're going to put DVDs in the mail and everything's going to take off from there. (laughs)
<laughs> I'm all in on HD DVD. <laughs> right. <laughs> there it is. I don't care where the porn industry is going. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Joe Biden's campaign real quick. Uh-huh. Want to do a check-in. There's more and more news out there that Elizabeth Warren has caught up to him. Have you noticed people saying Liz Warren more recently? I like. I almost thing? wanted to say that because I've heard it on the news and like in podcasts. Well, like, uh, I'm not Liz that familiar Warren. with. Yeah, her. I'm not either. But suddenly people are uh, getting real familiar. One thing to start like being Lizzie. Yeah, Beth. Well, Lizzie Warren. See what you have to understand about her. Uh, it sounds like a subtle way to undermine her, right? Maybe undermine, maybe humanize. Or there are people who actually know her and <laughs> right. they're just doing that thing where it's like, yeah. You know, the other day I was with uh, Bobby, Steven. Bobby De Niro. Spielberg. Sure. Right. Uh, Stevie <laughs> right. Boy. And I'm sorry, you guys call him Steven. But right. yeah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, look, right. it's tightening up the race a little bit. Yeah, it's tightening up. And apparent. there's a New York Times story uh, talking about sort of what's going on behind the scenes between Obama and Biden. Uh, because, I mean, I think people just from the outside are like, an Obama endorsement would really help right about now. Yeah. His claim to be the guy who, you know, would win this thing is falling apart. There's less and less there. And apparently they've had a a meeting. They've had a few discussions, apparently. Yeah. The first time was in 2016 when he was like, you don't, don't, like, Hillary needs to run, not right. you. And he's like, that's the person who he thought would continue his legacy. Oof. Um, and, you know, and in 2020, it was the same thing. But this sort of little snippet is interesting. The two men spoke at least a half dozen times before Mr. Biden decided to run. And Mr. Obama took pains to cast his doubts about the campaign in personal terms. Quote, you don't have to do this, Joe. You really don't. Mr. Obama told Mr. Biden earlier this year, Mr. Biden, um, who thinks he could have defeated Donald Trump four years ago, responded by telling Mr. Obama he could never forgive himself if he turned down a second shot at Trump. Mm. He's just a punch drunk fighter. I got it. I got it. I got it, bro. I got it, Barry. Nah, you can't even... You don't He's even know where you are, Joe. Just your uncle, like getting drunk at you know the far end of the bar, who's like waiting for that guy he had a grudge with twenty years ago right. to yeah. show up again. He's like, well, well, well. Oh no, <laughs> Joe. Um, yeah, and then even then, like once he did uh, decide to run, Obama like summoned his advisors to his own office to talk to them. It said. In March, Mr. Obama took the unusual step of summoning Mr. Biden's top campaign advisors, including former White House comms director Anita Dunn and Biden's longtime spokeswoman Kate Bedingfield, to his D.C. office for a briefing on their digital and communication strategy. When they were done, Mr. Obama offered a pointed reminder. Win or lose, they needed to make sure Mr. Biden did not, quote, embarrass himself or damage his legacy, end quote, during the campaign. Whoa. (laughs) A ringing endorsement. Yeah. That's a fucking friend, though. He's like, I tried talking to him. Here's the deal, guys. If he's going to do it, don't let him piss everything away. Oh, <laughs> that's that's rough, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it totally undermines the idea that Biden is trying to communicate that like he's like he had Obama's like back and they were like, you know, just well, yeah, there's Mel Gibson, Danny Glovering this shit the whole time. Yeah. And, you know. There were more instances in that article we're talking about, like when he would he oddly took sides with Mitch McConnell over Obama, like in 2013. And just like there was this thing that Biden always had this ambition for higher office that like would creep into their interactions at times. Right. And I think now that he's free of the vice president label, he can, you know, put out his own album. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> 
But a lot of this stuff is like people are acting like, well, he's not as sharp as he was in 2016 or, you know, even 2012, 2008. But like these are the things that undid his campaigns the last time he ran for president. Right. right? Is like he's gaffful. Yeah. Uh, He's gaffable. And he I think he lied about being involved in like the civil rights movement. There's there's, there's weird things that right. have happened. And yeah, he plagiarized people, and so it's just like it seems like he has higher expectations for himself than are reasonable. Yeah, look, I think he wants it for the wrong reasons. Right. right, but I think just having him around for the debates and everything kind of bolsters everybody else's credibility. Like right, they, they all look better. They all get yeah. to yeah. beat up on the former vice president. They're like, oh, yes. is this your king? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. He's an easy punching bag, and they can score points easily at every debate. So, and then yeah, and then he'll sort of be like, "Just go to Joe three zero three three zero, please." What? <laughs> I'm what? Uh, all right, we're gonna take another quick break, and then we'll be back. And we're back. And uh, so Weight Watchers is still a thing. Uh, and uh, although they have rebranded themselves WW. Oh, great. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's not confusing to anyone. Right. Double, double dubs. Yeah, dub dubs. dubs. Uh, but they last week launched a new app called Kerbo. K-U-R-B-O, like Turbo with a K. Oh, dude, I don't even know why that's so funny to me. That's the worst fucking name. That's <laughs> Kerbo. Like, that's like your nickname for a dude named Kirby. Yeah. Like, yo, Kerbo. What's up, Kerbo? <laughs> yeah. Kerbo, the Puckmeister. <laughs> it is a weight loss app for children uh, as young as eight years old. Uh, I'm sorry, to be used by children? Yes, to be used by children, so, for children. Uh, just everything about this is depressing. So it starts out like at the very inception as kind of having the gloss of science because it was a app that was developed by Stanford University's Pediatric Obesity Program, which sounds scientific and professional. Uh, and there is a obesity problem in America and presumably in America's children. But from there, it just gets really weird with like, some of it involves like they ask why you're doing this and like your goals can be to lose weight, to please my parents. And the website features before and after photos of once chubby kids who are now thin. And that's in quotes. Uh, the oh, page also includes off. the fine print results are not typical. <laughs> and yeah, it just all kind of points to the idea that thinness is the ideal standard. Yeah. That it's designed to promote not like health. But, like, because you weigh in by, like, tracking your measurement and, like, setting goals, there are things where it's, like, it groups foods into red groups, yellow groups, and green, and is, like, try to eat more green, less red. Uh, and, you know, that could be a useful thing to, like, get promote kids eating healthily. Right. Uh, but it's it just has all these other places where it sort of gamifies like weight loss right and visualizing it's like you're this but you want to be this which is why you need curbo right and as if you know kids aren't already getting like bombarded even more with like unrealistic ideas of how your life or body right. should look it's right. like yeah hi, hi hi 
We want to fucking main. You do you want to mainline some body dysmorphic disorder into your fucking veins yeah. at eight years old? Yeah. So the National Eating Disorder Association said that this poses some grave risks because it is like giving children advice with no in-person monitoring by medical professionals. So to kind of illustrate how this could go wrong, a uh, dietitian went in and basically made a profile that was somebody with an eating disorder. Uh, one, oh, like a fake kid or Yeah, something. so created a fake profile for a 14-year-old with a weight that would be low for her height. Uh, her diet consisted only of mustard, celery, and water, <laughs> and she recorded hours of treadmill exercise. The app then told her how well she was doing. Oh, wow. Uh, which, yeah. So even when you put, like, what'd you eat today? Mustard, celery, and water. They're like, great. Good job. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. You're still you, fucked up looking. Yeah. And you're clearly in Los Angeles. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're only eating mustard and celery. Yeah. Is that a real diet? I think it's- mustard and celery diet? I think it's one of those things that- Probably like eating disorder, like because well, it's all water right. and just a little bit it's of just flavor a way to your... trick yourself into like your body into thinking you're feeding it sustenance and does, while not feeding it sustenance. Is weight, but Weight Watchers take is sort of like, hey kids, you want to get your own health into your, like bring a control back into your hands with this app, right? And I'm sure there are instances in which it is useful, but it is. Like, they're just putting it out there. It's not a thing where you're getting medical attention on a person-to-person basis to judge if this is going to be useful in that instance. Like, right. if if you're being monitored, if you're using it in association with, like, a doctor kind of, mo- like, working with you and your family, maybe that would work. But because it's being, like, you know, treated like a an app that they're trying to, like, make a profit off of, it just is going to go wrong no matter what. Right. So like a more cynical thing is like that this is the last dying gasp of Weight Watchers to try and like insert themselves and being like, this is how you'll get control of your weight versus like the internet where you can find every fucking diet under the sun that people are into now. Right. And doesn't, you don't have to pay like a membership for that information. Yeah. And just last year, Weight Watchers uh, sparked a similar controversy when they announced a new program to provide free membership for teens between 13 and 17, which is using the the first one's free drug dealer thing that, you know, drug dealers supposedly use against kids in high school. Right. I just like that they're saying it's it's we're all about healthy habits, not a diet. (laughs) Right. The idea of before and after photos for kids is really depressing, it's too, because disturbing. you're a kid, you're growing. There's nothing but after photos. Yeah, like this one, oh. there's two of like this one kid. It looks like the difference between when you're eight and 10. Right. It's like, yeah, you might look a little bit different when you start entering puberty. Right. Yeah. It, but this is him. Hey, pretty fucked up. Happiness after three months of Kerbo. Yeah. And clearly we've run out of app names. There are no longer any good app names <laughs> yeah. left. Kerbo. Yeah, the kids are going to love that. Yeah. Only far, like, only pharmaceutical names are worse. Sounds yeah. like a video game in a like 80s movie where <laughs> right. they're like just f- figuring out what video games are. Spitz so, can't beat my high score on Kerbo. Right. <laughs> Check this out. Oh, that's only, the movie where that kid gets zapped into Kerbo, right? Right. He needs right. to live yeah, in exactly. that world. And yes. He needs to fight his way out of Kerbia. <laughs> Let's talk about Maisel Day. Yeah, uh, we missed it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> when we were in Orlando. I but know. it was so bummed. I remember dude. seeing it and being like, what the fuck? 
fuck is this? The city was a light. It was <laughs> wonderful. We all celebrated. Yeah. Yes. For people who don't know, uh, LA was turned into a bit of a zoo last Thursday on the 15th because, like, you know, Amazon was celebrating their 20 Emmy nominations. Shout out to uh, Noah Gardenswartz. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's a frequent guest and writer on that show. Um, and they basically were like, hey, dude, we're killing it with the Emmy nominations. Let's make a bunch of bunch of stores and services. Let's take it back to 1959 and give you prices from 1959 at these businesses. And the biggest one was this gas station in Santa Monica, which basically was offering 30 cent a gallon gas. Um, yes. And it fucking caused so much traffic. The cops are like, they didn't understand what was going on because there's this bottleneck by the 10. Yeah, man, take the 10 down to Santa Monica. Right. I'm already sound like a fucking co- Anyway, um, the cops had to get there and just basically shut the fucking thing down. They're like, no, this is, you're, you're fucking up the f- entire flow of traffic, which is kind of like this sad thing where, on one hand, it's like you see just how entrenched this city is in the showbiz machine that they can be like, hi, the city will be an ad today. Right. And then also like, the terrible disparity between haves and have-nots in this city where you have people being like, ha-ha, 30 cent a gallon gas, and other people like, what? 30, <laughs> cent, a, 30 cent a gallon gas? Right. I will go there I will fucking riot. right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, I mean, you know, they had things like a scoop of ice cream for 80 cents from Haagen-Dazs mm. or a fucking a, a cupcake for, for a quarter. But yeah, it seemed like this gas station thing was the biggest disturbance and also like just the power that fucking Amazon has to wield where they're like, yeah, we'll eat all that, all the losses on this promo and pay for it, you know, subsidize it. This is a bit of a humble brag, but I am an Emmy voter. Uh-huh. And? and Amazon is fucking relentless with the DVDs and they're a streaming service. Right. You know, like during the whole like nomination process, it was Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix sent out more DVDs than anyone. I was throwing out 50 DVDs Countless a DVDs, day right, yeah. for something that I'm already streaming for free. So. It's funny. What they should do is just give you, if they're going to be sort of slick about it, just give you a fucking temporary pass to to stream it. Yeah, send out a code, but then, which some networks do that. Yeah, but and like in the HFPA, like for the Golden Globes, those members are a little bit elderly. Right. So DVDs yes. help because they're like, the code, I don't <laughs> It's like, right. here's a fucking DVD. You remember how to use that, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, it does, it does seem odd for something like as ubiquitous as like Amazon or Netflix. Yeah, I know it helps Larry Kudlow's blockbuster stock, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like some cool packaging can help sometimes. I don't know. Or like, I like getting a cool package in the mail, personally. <laughs> the packaging is very impressive. <laughs> right. Yeah, you sound yeah, yeah. like a, a child from the 60s. <laughs> right. like, I like ah, getting a cool package. From the postman. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you... I wait by my front door for the postman to arrive every day. Do you remember day? that era, though, of like like commerce, when like oh, you man. ordered something out of a magazine or yeah. over the phone, and you were like, the next week, you're like, fucking could not wait to get home just for your parents to be like, it's not going to fucking come the next day, you idiot. I'm like, today? No. It's just night now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Anyway, I'm voting for Fleabag. I don't need a 25-cent There you go. There you go. Aren't they also Amazon? Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh, Fuck! Yeah, Amazon owns everything. Yep. I mean... I can just hear the meeting where this is pitched. They'll be like, the brands are, oh, we'll be lining up for this, man. They'll be fucking- For Maisel Day? Maisel Day? It's going to be, like, it, watch, this is going to be an annual thing. We just got to start now. I know we're going to probably lose about $2 million on this. Right. But we got to. 
Yeah. I mean, the things that they were offering, uh, I guess what? I don't know how much a manicure costs, but $2 sounds pretty good. I'd get one for 2 bucks. Now, if they could get this to be a national holiday, like that all- 59 day? Yeah, just 59 day or like where, where you get, everybody gets to pay for things for at prices that they were like 50 years ago, that would be pretty, I would respect Amazon. They're like, we'll or, cover the difference. I think if you are a billionaire owner of a company, you should be legally obligated to have 1959 prices for like one week out of the year. Right. And, and eat eat all that fucking loss. Eat fucking every bit of yeah. it. Yeah, and but that's going to help the yield curve inversion. Yeah, right. exactly. Oh man. Or you know, we could just pay people fucking living wages. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. But I like these promos. These sound kind of fun too. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. It has to be like cute and fun for it to work in our modern economy. I well, feel like that's but like yeah. The, that's the dark side though of this promo, right? It's sort of when you see prices like this, people go, "Oh wow, I could do this shit." Right. You know, like if you don't have all this disposable income, like. That's where you kind of see the sort of darker elements of how wages are stagnating. And people are like, yeah, actually, this this feels right. This yeah. feels like a world I could live in versus one where I'm like, uh, I don't know. Should I should I eat at this place because a sandwich is fucking 28 bucks? Yeah. it's If it's like a cute viral stunt, man, that's we're in. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, I mean, people will line up around the block for like people love promos, right? Yeah, and for gas that's like a dollar cheaper than like the average gas price, like that will cause a riot. And they offered it for, uh, I think, normal per gallon costs were three seventy four at the time, three eighty four, and they were offering it for thirty cents. So yeah, they yeah, thirty. They should have known. Yeah, um, you could have got a movie ticket for fifty one cents. Yeah, see, well, movie pass. They could have made their money if we had nineteen fifty nine prices. That's right. So uh, another thing that's going on with Amazon that kind of ties into this is kind of a good example of the adorably convenient way that Amazon is ruining the world. So you can get like these bargain basement prices on any book, like that's kind of been their thing from day one. But usually they are providing those really amazing prices by, you know, pulling books from other countries that might not have the same copyright laws as us. And so somebody was recently pointing out that when you order the book uh, 1984 by George Orwell online on Amazon, you will frequently get books that have like insane problems with like one reader discovered his new copy of 1984 had passages that were worded different. For instance, the word faces was replaced with feces uh, in one case. <laughs> that might change the meaning of the sentence. Yeah. yeah. There was other Orwell books that skipped just a chunk of pages, and that seemed to actually be a routine experience. One edition of Animal Farm, a fairy story, referred to itself on the back cover as Animals Farm, a fair story. Uh, <laughs> what which the fuck? Ch- changes the meaning again. Uh, and the preface referred to another great Orwell work, uh, homage to Catalonia, uh, as homepage to Catalonia. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so these are just like fake knockoff books or something? What? Right. So uh, they're terribly translated? Yeah. So uh, it, 1984 is still in within its copyright uh, protection in the US and the UK, but like in India, they don't have the same uh, copyright laws. So there's, you know, publishers over there who are just going to, you know, make a quick buck by printing a bunch of cheap 
versions of it, and they might not get all the words correct. Wow. So they're not intentional misspellings. They're not intentional. It's they're like they've been put into Google Translate and back. Right. And they're like, great, just print it. Right. Or they have a bunch of people like, hey, you type really fast? Yeah. Type this whole book up for me. Yeah. Okay. And then faces becomes feces. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's funny when it, I mean, first of all, it's just a funny headline to say that 1984 passages are being rewritten <laughs> by Amazon. Right. But that's Big not, it's not like the heavily controlled version of thought control that the book imagines. It's this sort of wild-eyed, all-consuming chaos of the internet and economic opportunism and uh, just all of that stuff. But it's still (laughs) fucked up because you get feces instead of faces. And that changes the message. It's like thought control making, making things very dumb or slightly dumber. Well, look... I, for one, bow to our corporate overlords and <laughs> yeah. welcome all these counterfeit books. Um, I just like that their statement is so fucking weird. Yeah, their statement is, there is no single source of truth for the copyright status of every book in every country, and so it relies on the authors and publishers to police its site. Wow. That's very Orwellian. Yeah, very <laughs> right. Orwellian. Which yeah. is odd. Uh, Bring it back all, home. That's on y'all. That's on... Yeah. I mean, there is no single source of truth. I'm... Uh, what? Really? Yeah. Okay. Great. Check out our typo-laden ebooks that you can buy for pennies on the pennies on the. They're just putting it out there, just like they put those amazing gas prices out there. It's if people want to riot over it and yeah. fight each other, that's their problem. Hey, hey, don't uh, don't worry about our uh, conditions in our warehouses. Check out this thirty cent gas yeah. and cheap ass typo book. Yeah, I read ebooks all the time for free. I discovered this incredible source called the, the library. library. Yeah, what? It's amazing. The ebooks for man. free is the best. They thing give you yet. books for free. And they're spelled correctly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Craig, it has been a pleasure having you on the Daily Thanks so much, Zeitgeist. guys. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, see you, uh, experience on tr- To experience <laughs> me, uh, come to Atwater Village. I'm hanging out. Um, Craig Kikowski Experience, Atwater you, Village. That's right. Uh, it, in my car wash. Right. Uh, we'll turn on some Ravi Shankar yeah, and just uh, pull through. Vibe out, man. Uh, but on Twitter, you can find me at at Kikowski. Instagram is C. Kikowski. It's just spelled like it sounds. Right. C-A-C-K-O-W-S-K-I. Craigslist PCAST on Twitter for my podcast, Craigslist, which uh, I make my wife, Carla, uh, watch my 100 favorite movies. We're about oh, to nice. get into the top 10. Whoa. Uh, now, do you reveal what the top 10 is ahead of time? Do people know? Uh, we usually do it one at a time. So we okay. just put out a Raiders of the Lost Ark episode today, wow. and The Graduate is next. So. Ooh. We're up to number 11. And nice. do people know what your number one movie is They yet? do not. It's do been you a know? secret. I do. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I got to figure out one. What's, what do you think is <laughs> the best movie? movie? <laughs> hey, what do you guys think? Hey, what's a good movie? <laughs> the Mask, right? Uh, Dunstan Checks In is pretty good. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Baby's Day Out. <laughs> uh, Orange Tux Improv for improv shows okay. on Twitter. And then the Alchemy of This Podcast is a totally improvised podcast on this very network. Yes, yes. Uh, ostensibly very hosted by Kevin Pollack, who's usually there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? You know, it's kind of evergreen, but uh, God is always somebody great to follow oh, uh, on Twitter. And uh, since we were talking about climate change, uh, God put this out yesterday. The five stages of climate change. Number one, denial. Number two, guilt. Number three, depression. Number four, acceptance. Number five, drowning. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Ew. So that guy knows. Yeah. I know. He might. <laughs> 
Uh, Miles, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. A tweet that I like is from, let's see, I have a couple. Uh, the first is from Ellery Smith, a past guest who said, God put me on this earth to slowly and systematically ruin the lives of 32-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel Winitsky, another past guest, caught my eye as someone who has been in and out of TSA recently. Uh, it says, three types of travel personalities. One, people who carefully wrap up their computer chargers. Two, people who just shove the charger into a bag unwrapped. Three, people who swallow the charger so they can shit it out when they get to wherever <laughs> they're going. <laughs> I'm number three. Yes. Noah Garfunkel tweeted, uh, DMX describing a Mario Batali outfit. Crocs, socks, button-down chronograph watch. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, somebody retweeted a local news story of the story headline is service dogs attend theater performance as part of training and the dogs are all sitting in theater seats and julia mccullough tweeted the movie title good boys was very misleading by some <laughs> uh, and then ava at nationally tweeted you should be able to twist the bottom of the pringles can to bring the chips to the top like a chapstick and that wow. is the best idea game changer all day uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find Shit. us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we write out on Miles. What is that going to be today? Uh, let's do a song by Nick Hakim, uh, who's a DC artist. Uh, and this is a track called Vincent Tyler. Uh, just, you know, vibe, vibe, vibrations. Yeah. Uh, well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.